Welcome to the Tech Talk Show, an hour of news, views and discussion. Well, welcome to the show. We've got a packed show, Dan, coming up, haven't we? Yeah, and it's lovely to see you again, Steve. Yeah, lovely to see you too. Uh, we've got Estella VR coming up, Mark, uh, Mark Cundale from there. That's we've got Mikhail Schwartz from Expressly, who's in the studio. How are you doing? Hi, thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, welcome, well. welcome to the show. Um, we've got a great unboxing yep, coming up. Our usual unboxing segment. I yep. cannot wait for that, so that's coming. And also, we've got Game Bench later on. But first, we're going to have a few news stories. So yeah. do you want to go first or shall yeah, I? Yeah, so no, I, I don't mind. Yeah, yeah so, so um, people may have seen, but in the US, um, Amazon have launched the Echo Show, which is um, a touchscreen version of their um, AI assistant. Um, and so it's their la- latest sort of Echo device, and it's got a seven-inch touchscreen, which will show um, notifications, include internet video and voice calling, and can even allow conversations. If you've got other Echo devices throughout the, throughout the house, you could chat to of people in those other rooms for using it. Are you, are you a fan of Echo? I'm a fan of Amazon. Oh, are you? <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> Amazon well, Prime, shopping, right? Yeah. yeah. What, shopping or Prime? Or everything. Everything. Well, mainly Prime, but you know. So, so what's the best bargain you've ever bought from Amazon? Well, I have to say it's just the everyday things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, you need, you need a new toothpaste, you just get it from Amazon Do and you? get it the next day. What, toothpaste? Yes, I swear. Really? Yeah. Lots of people are moving over to sort of groceries and stuff on Amazon. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. They have the Amazon Fresh now and they have the Amazon Pantry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Look at me doing the marketing for Amazon. You are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like they need it. Yeah. No, they <laughs> yeah, don't. Yeah, no, they don't. I really don't think so. Yeah. Okay. So. Yes. Yeah, so it's just fascinating. I'm not sure when it's. Um, touchscreen. Yeah. Say? Touchscreen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure when it's going to be available in the uh, in the UK, but obviously that's a bit of a, a change, you know, to differentiate it from um, Google Home. So. Well, yeah. I've got a story. Now, you know, <laughs> I don't often go to the pub. No, don't you? <laughs> oh, Dan. Dan, that's not good. Well, what, what, what's your I, excuse then? Yeah, I quite often go to the pub, actually. Um, and uh, some of my mates play darts. Mm. But actually now, they have developed virtual reality darts for the pub. Wow. So what could be better? Yeah. It's a team game, oh. sort of, really. Well, not when it's VR, because it's only going to be on your own, isn't it? It's not going to be a team game. But, uh, yeah, they've developed it for the pub. So, uh, my question to you, oh. <laughs> and uh, this is something for all of us in the studio, if you were going to develop a VR game for the pub, what would it be? Depends on the pub, I suppose, isn't it? So, some might be boxing. <laughs> it oh might yeah, be... I've been in a few pubs like that <laughs> yeah. myself. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> yeah. stop them doing it in the car park. Bare, bare knuckle, yeah. yeah, fist fighting yeah. boxing. I, I think a good one would be um, sort of maybe to help control people with their drinking. Maybe um, uh, VR drunkenness. <laughs> oh yeah, like so, yeah. like VR beer goggles. Yeah, yeah. Or, or to stop people from um, stop people from um, you know driving home drunk, give them the VR experience of what it's like to drive home drunk first. Yeah, that sounds really yeah. good actually. Safety yeah. first, Steve. Yeah, I safety. think you'll give them the hangover experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it a makes good one. you so nauseous. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is funny, isn't right. it? How it can make you really weird. Yeah, but you know why? Because you're not drinking through it. If you drink through that sick nauseous period you're fine there's no problem afterwards <laughs> but the VR get ma- makes you nauseous yeah. That's oh what I, I see mean. what you mean oh yeah. sorry yeah yeah you know you're right actually in fact last show we had one uh, gaming company that des- developed games that stop uh, stopping you feeling sick actually yeah. they're redesigning the games uh, slightly different um, software movement control and mm. things like that to make it less yeah um, yeah less nauseating so if I was going to pick a pub game yep oh, v- go on tell us I think VR Probably 
cards, crib. Do you know VR play? crib? Yeah. Why so not? you'd go into the pub and play VR crib? Yeah, why not? Really? Oh. I'd just go in the pub and drink, actually. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. I can't really think of a game for a pub. Well, you asked me to. Paul. <laughs> VR pool. <laughs> yeah, but why would you go into a pub and play a game that's already there? I have no in, idea. Oh, in VR, I said. Yeah. yeah. But this company is set up, oh. has already been fitted in one South London pub, and a London-based chain has plans to roll out similar setups across the rest of the of their establishments. That's what do you think cool. of that? Well, <laughs> I just all, can't see what is the point. Well, first of all, I think it's cool. I would probably play it. Um, <laughs> I would just, you know, make a VR game where I can have, I can zip my cocktail, but I could be like anywhere in the world. Uh-huh. And then yeah, like, the like virtual that. reality would be like, you know, me sipping my cocktail on the yeah, beach. Yeah, roof, roof terrace of San Paolo or somewhere. Something like that. Yeah. So that could be really cool. Yeah, I, I'm actually with you on that. Yeah. Oh, just summer, you know. You just, you're sipping your drink, you're in the same place, but it's summer outside. Yeah, that's I like all that. Need. That's got legs, that, actually. That, that, you, should get, yeah. you should get designing that now. <laughs> Quick. Uh, the other thing it could be used for, and we'll talk about marketing later, it could be used to sell to people in pubs, couldn't it? Yeah. So you could add ads and everything else in there. Oh, like everything else. Yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Mm. Get your next pint of whatever, San Miguel or something. You're on a beach in Spain. Yeah. You would just drink and drink and drink, wouldn't you? <laughs> Fantastic. Dan, any other Drink stories? sensibly, everyone. Oh, yeah, oh yes, yeah. yes. Not yeah. big or clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, anything else? Any uh, other stories? No, the only th- the only thing I've had problems. So you had a problem with Vodafone recently, didn't I you? I have, yeah. yeah. Vodafone's World Traveller, which actually isn't worldwide, mm. so they've actually changed the name of it now. Do you know that? Did they? Yeah, <laughs> they've, <laughs> dropped, they've dropped the world world bit from their World Traveller because there were so many countries that weren't on their <laughs> list for World Traveller. Mm. So yeah, yeah. yeah so what so. is it? Sort of local Traveller. Well, a selective, selective, selective World Traveller <laughs> or something like that. Now I think, yeah. yeah. Well, such so a shame. We we um recently um moved over to or tried to move over to Vodafone Broadband. Okay, no and other broadband providers are the, the, well apparently so, and we should have gone with one of them. <laughs> Was it that it's bad an experience? Absolute nightmare. Yeah, it's taken nearly two weeks to get connected. Yeah, um, over about two hours of phone calls to them, um, missed missed errors with the um with the line and and hadn't registered the uh, hadn't registered the router. Yeah, terrible, terrible, awful. I think mm. the trouble is, is this is what stops people changing, and therefore. There's no economy in the market for people to change, you know, because mm. you know it will be a horrific experience. So people stick with their existing provider and end up paying more. Mm. So there was there was a um, bit of research done by uh, Witch recently, yeah. Um, and although Vodafone was sort of mid table, Talk Talk and BT went, were near the bottom in terms of customer service and and, and offering. Um, but at the top, which is people we're looking at now, are Zen Internet, Utility Warehouse, and John Lewis Broadband. John Lewis. Yeah. All right. So check them out, people. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) great. Well, what we're going to do is we are going to talk to Mikhail a little bit later on. uh, But first of all, we're going to hear from a company called Ostella VR. Mm. And let's see what they've got to say. Okay, Sue and I are joined at the Wearable Tech Show um, by uh, Mark Cundell from Ostella Limited. Hi, Mark. Hello there. So um, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about what Ostella do. Uh, yeah, so uh, Ostella's got a bit of a strange uh, uh, background, uh, history. Um, so we, um, we started out as a, as a group of friends, really, uh, a few years ago. 
um, uh, many of uh, the, the the people that the, the developers uh, came from a kind of military simulation, some from a AAA gaming background, and uh, you know we we kind of saw this VR thing coming along. Um, you know we backed uh, Palmer Lucky in you know, two three years ago uh, when he was doing his Kickstarter campaign, um, and when the DK one landed on our desk, we thought, hey, you know we should we should do something with this, right? So. Um, so is that like a bunch of boys who are down the pub and, and uh, just chatting and all of a sudden you go, we've got to do this, we've got to do this? You know, pretty much, yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's no, no point in dressing it up any other way, yes. Um, so... You know, we came up with a very early prototype uh, of a game um, uh, that now is called uh, Radial G. Um, we, we actually went through a Kickstarter ourselves at that time, but you know, the reality was that the, uh, there were no headsets, there were no customers buying headsets, so of course we were never going to pass a... Oh, although in saying that, we got, we, uh, we got £38,000 out of a £50,000 target, so it wasn't too bad. Um, but, um, yeah, we... Um, I mean, essentially that game, Radial G... Um, uh, got a lot of attention at the time uh, because the developers, as I say, are from a military simulation background, so they understand VR. Uh, they understand what it, uh, what's required uh, to code in a way that doesn't make you feel sick. And that, of course, is the big challenge with VR right now, simulation sickness and reducing that and eradicating it. And um, so, you know, we got a lot of attention back then from the, from the big leaders, you know, the likes of Sony, Google and Oculus. And, you know, we were very fortunate to receive um, some funding um, from those guys to, to develop, that, uh, uh, develop that title further. So, um, and at the same time, so... Sorry, sorry just, just to interrupt. So, so explain to me, if you're coding and you're, you're doing stuff, how on earth can you design out, if you like, the, the sort of motion sickness thing? Because some of the virtuality headsets I've had on, you know, they have made me a bit nauseous and I'm not like that. So, so how do you design that out? Um, it's a very good question. So there's, the, the big uh, thing is about maintaining frame rate. Um, you, know, you need to hit a constant 60, um, ideally 90 frames per second. Um, you know, if you're playing a, a video game like, I don't know, um, actually I won't name any because if it comes across as me. But, you know, you, you're playing a standard kind of 2D video game and you, you're into a particularly busy environment or, a, you know, a big gunfight and, you know, you drop frames. Uh, and that's fine, you know, in 2D, that, that's fine. You get a little bit of lag, a little bit of latency, and you don't really mind. But in VR, when you do that, then, you know, you suffer. Yeah? And your brain can detect that, and that instantly flips your stomach. I mean, it's interesting. I don't know if you know where the background of simulation sickness comes from. It's, it's actually a, a hangover from our hunter-gatherer days. Um, it's a disconnect between your vertibular system, so the system in your body that, that uh, measures or, or orientates yourself and balances yourself, and your visual stimuli. Um, and back in hunter-gatherer days, if there was that disconnect, if you felt dizzy and your, and your eyes were, sorry, uh, you, you, you were seeing something uh, different and there was a disconnect there, it basically meant your body was poisoned. You'd eaten a berry or something or mushroom that wasn't particularly uh, good. Uh, for you and so basically your body ejected that um, and, and that's where some sickness is, is basically it's that same hangover uh, of you know your, your eyes seeing something on the screen but your body feeling uh, a disconnect with the way that you're moving in that virtual world and, and so yeah, you, your body thinks that you're poisoned and wants to eject that poison um, and um, there you go uh, and so 
Yeah, that's really interesting. So is it is it um, just um, VR that you're involved in, or are you using AR and all mixed as well? Uh, we're doing um, AR as well, uh, more kind of in the corporate application. So what I was going to say, the background, really where Ostella has come from, is we're uh, almost a kind of spin-off of Tamika, which is our gaming company. Um, and, you know, gamers, I'm a gamer, you know, we're very fickle people. And if we're investing in a game, you know, we want to know that the developers behind it are only doing our game, right? And that we're only working on making us happy. And so, um, you know, we've got this corporate spin-off that was created basically because there were very, very few AR and VR development studios globally that could, if you like, kind of achieve the the same reduction in sim sickness. So we were past a lot of clients um, from a lot of the hardware vendors to help create content for them. So, yeah, our Stellar is more on uh, the corporate side rather than gaming. Um, And we're doing uh, quite quite a few AR apps at the moment that are... um, you kind of bring in that kind of tra- uh, search to transactional capability together, uh, like visual search, and uh, it's, yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, are you a gamer, uh, Dan? I have been known to play, yes. I know I don't. Do you think that's a girl thing? I mean, I don't... I can't think of a, why you would sit and... I just, I just don't get it, really. And I, I'm wondering if, if, you know, we should have more women in the sort of AR, VR world, because cause it, it does feel a bit boyish. <laughs> what, I mean, what do you think? I don't know. I, I think it's interesting. There are a lot of um, uh, girl game, gamers, as I understand it. <laughs> what do they play then? I think they play the same, same sort of thing. games. Oh, yeah, okay. but it does feel like sometimes that, that some of the sort of AR and VR games that are coming in are like you know Ghost Recon and things like that that are quite aimed at boys. Would you agree with that? <laughs> I knew you were going to throw that over to me. Yes, uh, lots of blood and guts, and you know, shoot 'em ups. I guess are the biggest genre right now, which obviously plays into the very masculine uh, <laughs> way. Can't we have a nurse one? Well, you know, you have the boy one, and then we have a nurse one where you run along and you, 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 you know, you, you fix everybody and make them better. Nurse one might be all right. No, not that sort of nurse one, Dan. But don't you think so? A caring one where the girls can go and oh, no, it's terrible. I'm being sexist actually in my own way. I'm sorry, terrible. Move on. Reinforce gender. Stereotypes, yeah. yeah. Do you know, it's odd because because of the amount of marketing dollars involved in gaming now, actually all the most people see are the Call of Duties, the Grand Theft Autos, and they, of course, are very masculine uh, titles. However, if you, if you scratch under the surface and you look at the indie games that are around, so we're an indie developer, uh, and you know we can't compete money-wise with, with their market, which all the development budgets for that matter. And so we're trying to look for unique game modes um, and... Actually, what you find is, like nursing you mentioned there, they're, they're, if you search on Steam, which is the largest um, kind of gaming distribution website for nursing simulators, I'm sure you'll find half a dozen there, right? So there, there are, you know, uh, I mean, the, the, I guess the most kind of famous simulator game at the moment is Goat Simulator, where you're literally walking around controlling a goat and, um, you know, running into objects and blowing yourself up and um it's it's fantastic and <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't put that in a masculine feminine box it just appeals to everyone so, so would um sort of taking part in sort of farm simulator or goat simulator uh, I don't, it just all sounds completely wrong i'm going to take us right off that subject um, and just a sort of final one where, where do you see all this going mark i mean a lot of people are talking about this sort of ar and vr it's just it's a ridiculous sort of you know separation because it's becoming more and more merged well what's your view of the future and how, how do you think it's going to pan out uh, i think it'll be an interesting year um this year and next year uh, i think 
you know, the, the, the one company that hasn't yet shown their hand uh, is Apple. Um, and I think the, you know, the big speculation is that they're not going to go down the VR route, that they're going to go down the AR route and they'll be producing AR glasses. Um, you know, Microsoft, of course, have got the HoloLens. Um, and whilst it's very much a developer kit right now, um, you know, I think that will, um, I think that will come along over the next year or two and be much more of a consumer uh, product. Uh, and so, you, yeah, you've got these two separate tracks, and I think actually they will merge into what's called mixed reality over the next three, four, five years. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, the, I guess the best example of how this is being successful today is the Void, um, which is a a company in the US that have created a, uh, a kind of physical environment uh, that's mapped into a virtual game and you're running around basically a, uh, an empty stage but yet in your headset you're seeing aliens chasing you and uh, it's, it's just phenomenal. Um, and you know they've developed their own headset, it's called Rapture, uh, 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 Rapture Headset and um, you know I think you know, I think that's that's definitely the future. Um, you know, you've got some got some interesting technology coming along from Google that's already out actually uh, called Tango. Uh, Lenovo are going to be the first uh, phone manufacturer to. Look, in fact, they've already launched. I think it's the Fab uh, Two Pro um, phone, which is Tango enabled. And so, what Tango is is um, you will have basically two IR sensors, or camera sensors, on the back of your phone, and, and that will map a physical environment. And, and enable you to transpose that that, that real environment into you know, something much more exciting, right? And so you know it, it's coming. It, it's very basic right now, but it but it's coming. And you know the rate of acceleration of technology, as we all know, is is phenomenal. So. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, so, um, Mark, where can people find out a bit more about Ostella? Uh, we can you can go to our website, which is just ostella.com. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Well, there we go, Dan. That was you. It was me. Yeah. yeah where was that? The... Um, that was at the Wearable Tech Show. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. So we're now going to speak to um, Mikhail. How I I can't say your name properly, can I? Mikhail. Mikhail. I can't get that. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but um, welcome to the show. And you work for a company called Buy Expressly. Is that right? Yes, it is. And tell me what you do. So basically, don't we all hate internet ads? Yes. yes, I do. Okay, <laughs> so as a consumer, what do you hate most about internet ads? They keep coming when I don't want them. Mm. Spooky retargeting, right? Yeah, yeah and yeah, also yeah. what I hate is I might have been shopping for some articles in the last few days, and then I am just inundated with more ads for them when I've already bought them. So why would I get more ads for something I've already bought? I completely agree with you. And then to that, you can add up a very long form filling process when you do end up in a new shop, shop that you're not registered to. Mm-hmm. So you got to go through a really tedious job of just yes. filling your details over and over again, which is basically an equivalent of having an ID check when you go into a physical store. Because yes. when you go into a physical store, you're not like, oh, can you present me your passport? No. You just walk into that. So. Yeah, I hate that because also I want to buy without registering most of the time. Exactly. Unless it's a store I'm going to use all the time. Exactly. If I'm just going to make one purchase because I've seen a particular item, I do not want to have to keep filling out my name and address and inside leg measurement and date of birth and dog's dog's pet name. And to be you, fair, they don't ask you inside leg measurement. You no, just give that. I just, made, like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I just made that up. <laughs> you just like to tell people. Yeah. But no, uh, yeah, your memorable data, your memorable date, your mm. place Everything of birth. else, um, make up a security question, verify, yeah, verify your email yeah. before you can even buy something. And then you have 
not really great privacy protection. I mean, you, you're very wary of shopping from, from new places, like a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. we fall back to Amazon, by the way. That's yeah. part of the reasons. It's super secure. Yeah, one-click purchase. Exactly. Yeah, everybody and loves that. And you have a really lousy customer experience yes. throughout everything. Mm-hmm. So Expressly actually fixes that all. Wow. So, yeah, it's really great. Okay. So what we do is actually... Um, is actually allow any two e-commerce shops. It can be an online website, can be an app, it can be via SMS. Literally, any online entity can can um, come together, partner up through the Expressly network, talk to each other, and establish um, co-marketing campaigns between one another, mm-hmm. where, where they migrate customers from one store to another with one click. Seamlessly. So, Seamlessly. So I'll give you an example. I've just recently bought some shirts for a wedding. Mm-hmm. which I'm going to, it would have then taken me straight to the tie shop. Exactly. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. And, you know, it's actually really based on an old tale of, like, you know, when the um, butcher would refer you to the fishmonger and actually you would get to know new places mm. that you can trust. Yep. And that's all about that online trust that we're looking for here sure. to establish. And then you can just, you know, shop between them with one seamless experience. Okay. So we are a B2B company. So our clients are actually those advertisers, those shops who are looking to acquire new customers and actually tap into a new audience, yep. which is completely relevant to them. Sure. But, but, you know, but do it through partnerships and actually by establishing great customer service and great partnership. So actually online ads suck for those advertisers <laughs> too. <laughs> Yeah. Because they have zero... Because they're paying for those as well, aren't they're they? They're paying for that. So they're paying for all those shirt ads, because I've already bought the shirts. I don't want to buy any more shirts, but you keep giving me ads to buy shirts. Exactly. So they've wasted all their marketing spend on me. Is that right? On you, and you know who they're giving it to. Yeah. To Google AdWords, the yeah. Facebook mm. ad, and they're just throwing up big parties yeah. with all that money. <laughs> yeah. Right? Oh, God, yeah, that's so right. So we're telling to those at, um, small medium or large advertisers, well, you can do it differently. You can have absolute 100% control where your ads are showing, meaning that shirt ad that you were seeing would never appear next to like a very weird feminine article or whatever. It will no, that's be. when Dan goes shopping, yeah. he gets those ads. To be fair, my browsing Yeah, gets terrible. full of that lingerie <laughs> yeah. ads, yeah. don't they? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it would always be next to super relevant content. Right. Um, you would never spend those warping budgets on retargeting since our one-click registration allows the customer that receives the customer um, to give them one-click registration and login. Across meaning, all of those. Across all of those platforms, meaning they even if the customer doesn't buy anything then and there, they're, they're already automatically transferred yeah. into the database oh, okay. of that website. So how do you join up the various retailers? So, so what is it, by category or are you just... You know, because I might need a pair of shoes as well for this wedding. So I'm sort of thinking, and a belt, actually, I need a belt. So would that, (laughs) I'm using this as an example. but Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, obviously. So, (laughs) you know. So we actually have what's called the Expressly Network. So if you go to onto our website, which is buyexpressly.com, and you sign up for free to our network, you're able to see all the merchants, all the online store that you can partner up to to do co-marketing campaigns. Yeah. So... We pretty much give our advertisers full control of who they want to partner with. But, of course, we can walk them through and help them establish those partnerships and find, you know, that shirt, the shirt maker, find the, the right belt maker and, you know, and yeah, vice versa. Yeah. But this is actually like the first platform that lets advertisers 
connect to each other and talk to each other. Because before that, all kinds of affiliate marketing solutions would never allow them to liaise with before doing a mm. campaign. So, so that's really a great way for them sure. to find the store that matches their profile, but also, you know, they share the audience with. So it seems to me like a really good um, idea for sort of independent or, or maybe just a few shops, you know, shops that have got um, a physical location somewhere and looking to get online. It sounds like a really good way of spreading, you know, um, spreading their, 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 you know, their influence outside, getting new customers, but in getting those customers to actually trust them rather than having to pay for the, the whole e-commerce sort of um, section on their website. It seems a really good idea. Yeah, and, and it's really... and. We we also allow you know our advertisers to have like a super easy integration and you can literally set it up within minutes. Right. So it's a very very convenient and and 100 tailored you know and customized uh, solution for for all the advertisers mm. and and as you said it's a really easy way to to go through online. But we also you know we're dealing with big publishers as well because mm. obviously they want to make money they they want to give the money to those industry giants and with Expressly you can give your customers. The uh, you know the opportunity to have the Amazon-like experience yeah. of one-click shopping, but yeah. throughout the entire web. And obviously, the the question I've got is about security. Then, yeah. so you're holding quite a lot of data on an individual. It's going between or around a group of retailers. How do you ensure the security? So we actually don't hold the data at all. Okay. So once a customer user clicks from one site to another, they get they see like this compliant pop-up, which is completely compliant with all new regulations, including the pop-up ban that Google has now on intrusive ads. And we ask for their explicit consent prior to transferring, migrating the data from one website to another. So only when they give that consent, that consent, the captured data transferred to the database of the receiving website. Okay. So prior to that, it's just, you know, it's up in the cloud. And if they if they click no, that they don't want to transfer their data, which is very rare. I mean, 80% of people click okay, that yeah. they want to have that experience. So it's just gone. We don't hold it. So we're actually, this is the most secure way to shop online. Because most people don't know that security is mostly um, compromised on a device level. Meaning if you type your details on, uh, let's say, a uh, PC or your, or your iPhone, it's a lot more uh, dangerous than actually having your, their data transferred in the back end yeah. in, in, in an encrypted way. So we are regulation compliant, and this is the most secure way to That's shop. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more later. And right. Yeah, so you'll, you'll stay with us for the rest of the show. But first of all, mm. we are going to have a little bit of this. So it's that time of the show, which is unboxing. So Dan has got... I've got his, a box. His big brown cardboard box. Oh. Harry has got it on YouTube. Harry, it's going to be on YouTube. Is that right? So, uh, and uh, what an awful... No. Yeah. Oh, my so God. So you're going to say an awfully busy bit of um, packaging. packaging. but Yeah. So we've got a Sega Mega Drive portable game player. Oh, I can't wait to get this out. Yeah. Are you a big gamer? Oh, I'm not. <laughs> oh, it's going to what a treat you're in for. <laughs> yeah. Have you never played games? Well, I have in the past. Keep talking. Yeah. I'm trying to undo the yeah, plastic seal. Yeah. Haven't got any fingernails. It looks cool. What do you think of the packaging? I think it's horrible. I think it is absolutely <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah, it I is. think it's absolutely awful, isn't it? It is. It's so busy. There's it so looks much. like it's from the 90s. Well, I suppose a Sega Mega Drive would be from the 90s. So in, in Oh, he's dropped it. Oh my god. Here it goes. There it goes. 
didn't uh, no one want well to take it yeah. Okay, so inside the box is um yeah, some brown cardboard sort of uh packing. I wonder where that I wonder where we bought that from. <laughs> Can you see the label on the side? Can you? <laughs> yeah, that'll be Amazon, wasn't it? Probably. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's Run. a charge. <laughs> yeah. Charging cable and an instruction booklet. I'm not sure. You're Throw that away. Yeah. Don't um, right, there's a sticker. Uh, it's a small white device, probably about the same same size as uh, what an iPhone seven. Oh, so yeah, that's a, yeah. Yeah, 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 something like that. No, yeah. an iPhone six. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's not the same size as an iPhone seven, isn't extra, it? Uh, uh, extra large, is it? No, no. Now, I wonder. Who, does anyone know who's got an iPhone? Oh well, maybe I've got one. Have you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm oh, not measuring oh. mine up against yours. You're yeah, right. we're not measuring. <laughs> so there was a sticker on front, and they're making a big deal of having um, Sonic the Hedgehog on it. Yeah, um, which okay. was the main Sega game, obviously. I've got to, I'll hand this around. Um, it looks like there's an SD card slot. There's a volume control, um, AV out, um, and a USB. Um, and I think I said there's an SD card slot. Um, headphones, an on-off button. Looks like it has um, battery in the back for... Um, bit in the back of four batteries which I presume are in there yeah I'm looking hopefully at Danny <laughs> um, I'll hand this around just so people can have a look at it before we fire it up so let, let I've see. got to have a look at the packaging Dan send the box over oh, you've got to have a look at the packaging yeah uh, right Danny sorry you're going to come in on the mic sorry yeah no, no, it exactly has that they're rechargeable batteries as well so. are they rechargeable yes blended hours of fun Hours and hours. And it's got 80 built-in games. Oh. On the box, it says Sega Mega Drive Ultimate Portable Game Player. Everything from Mortal Kombat. Well, is it telling you what it doesn't have? Down to... No, it doesn't. Oh, you know, so, Mich- Michaela's had a had a um, quick go. She's got it all oh, cranky. Yeah, I turned it on. Yeah, good. Yeah. Okay. What, right. uh, was there a, is there a game playing? Um... I try to. Yeah, I'm. Tr- which, oh, it's. Oh, hang on. Okay, so there's a number. Oh, I see. This is a, um, uh, a list of games here. Okay, which con- run okay. through the oh, run through the quite games. Quite a few. So, Decap Attack, E-Swat, Eternal Champions, Fatal Labyrinth, Blicky, uh, Game Ground, Golden Axe, two, one, two, and three, Jewel Master. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, okay. It looks like, and it looks like you can download more of the, more games. Uh, by going to the website and probably uploading it through the um, okay. SD card. So let's yeah. have a look at um, let's have a look at Golden Axe. Okay, it's not, oh okay, start. Let's try that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So how long the battery up. life is? Oh, I wonder if, if only we had some. Uh, do you want to have a look at the instructions? Cause, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If we had the instructions, I'll be able to tell you. Okay. Okay. Look, it's all starting up. I mean, it's it's not a huge display. It's not a huge display, is it? No, it's not. It's, it's not quite a, small, really. It's quite small. It can it can be attached to a television as well, though. Television monitor. Okay. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's an AV out. Yep. There's loads of games on yeah, it as well. I was thinking, obviously, summer holidays are coming up to keep oh. the kids nice and happy with certain things. I yeah. think you've got to play Sonic, Dan. Well, you've it's, got not, to get... it's not on it. It must be on, on there. No, no, you've, it's got a certain amount of games already loaded. It's, and then you've got to... It's then... the most famous game that Sega make. Li- I, li- You'd I... have it preloaded, wouldn't you? You would have thought so. Do you reckon? Um, yeah, I think you so. thought so. I'm, I'm... Sorry? It should be on that. It sure? is, yeah. Oh, okay. Operator error. I've just, I've just started have, playing. They have the sticker, they have to put it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It was on the front. Oh, I really I'll do just, think, oh, Dan, okay, you are right. so useless with I'll technology. Oh, hang on, menu. Right, you really okay. are. What? Useless. Okay. Are you sure it's on here? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just, look, it's going down. It's only got... One of nine. Oh. Okay. It's on screen one of nine. <laughs> <laughs> this could take a long time. Oh, yeah, this is embarrassing, isn't it? Sonic and Sorry? And it's S. Yeah, so it's yeah. going to be it'd so be screen eight, I should think. It'd be a, yeah. No, I've got it. I've got Let it. Really. It's loading up. 
Would you like to try Sonic? Yes. Yeah, it's just loading up. I think you have to press the start button on the top right there once it's once it's in. There should be volume as well on the bottom. Yeah. Awesome. Well, the are so the vintage. It is really vintage, isn't it? Really re- retro. I'll put it up to the microphone. Put it up to the mic. There we go. Yeah. So all those arcades. I love. It. Do you know Using I played this game pieces. till my thumbs nearly dropped off. I can still remember the cheat code. It was up, down, left, right, up, down, left, right, A, B, C, start, wasn't it? Was it? All the che- yeah, yeah, all the cheats came out. Not many friends there, Danny. He obviously spent thought, a long, long one. <laughs> yeah. He obviously spent <laughs> a long, long time at home. <laughs> he only ever played one player. That's yeah. his own. <laughs> he didn't need the two-player mode, did you? No, I didn't like to share. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine you like that. My brothers yeah. used to play this. Like I get, now I get like this deja vu. You look like you're getting ad- addicted to it. Yeah. yeah. I'm taking this home, right? Um, <laughs> you are for a certain yeah, price. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you, yeah. Just call Amazon. Give it a try. Okay. So, um, oh, yeah. would that encourage you to, because you go across to, you fly around a little bit, don't you? Would yeah. you play games on a, on a flight or would you not? Uh, well, I prefer spending my time sleeping when yeah. I'm on the flight, to be honest. Or watching a good film. Exactly. Yeah, me too, actually. Yeah, it's not... Um, yeah, no, I'm not a great gamer, actually, on a plane. I think... I think oh, here you go, Dan. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, you'd go tell mad if someone was sitting next to you playing this. that without headphones in. Wouldn't you? I remember this yeah. uh, level. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Pass it over. I'll have a go. <laughs> it's on to the next. So level. you talk and I'll play. What do you want me to talk about? Steve? Oh yeah. So uh, <laughs> so what other games can you um, guys do, games did you play, Danny? Mikhail? Did you play much computer games? Oh, what was it? Sensible Soccer. Oh, Loved never... Sensible Soccer on the Mega Drive. Did you? Great game. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant game. Yeah, I never really liked soccer uh, yeah, football I, games. I, so. I can see that on you. I'm not a big gamer. I have <laughs> no. to admit, but but I tried the ones you know the ones on Facebook, mm-hmm. the um, Farmville and stuff like oh, okay. that. Okay. <laughs> so that was pretty nice. Yeah, yeah they're and, addictive. Them ones. And did they? you ever try um, uh, Pokemon Go? Trying to catch the yes. VR. Yeah. Oh my god, I loved it. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I loved it, but then I was you know talking about privacy before that. Mm-hmm. I would literally, I stopped using it just because they said they're going to get all the details about you and you're like, you give them your Gmail password and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I don't want to play that anymore. Yeah, no, step <laughs> away from that. What do you think of that then, Steve? Well, do you remember how big a, a Mega Drive used to be? Yeah. Mm. Do you remember? It was like a huge box. Like a breeze it? block, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a breeze block sitting underneath Cartridge the TV. Used to go on the top, in that's the top it. Of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you'd well, blow it if it wouldn't work. You'd yeah, blow yeah it. the yeah. connections wouldn't work. Yeah, I reckon there's probably God knows how much more computing power in this little yeah. handheld now mm. compared with what you had before. It was the Sega Mega Drive 64 bit, wasn't it? 64 bit, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, I'm um, reminiscing. I can see it all coming flooding back. <laughs> <laughs> like another go? Is this making a comeback? I reckon it is. I reckon nineties games are on the up. Mm. Yeah, so re- retro's really in at the game yeah. yeah. community now. Like the Nokia with the snake that people are selling. Yeah, right yeah, now. exactly. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Snake's on there actually, I think mm. you're fine. Really? Yeah. 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 I love Snake. Okay, we'll get out for you in a second. Get the uh, get the game uh, loaded for you. <laughs> <laughs> um so, so, so the question I've got is how much would you pay for it? Shall I kick it off? Please do. I think I'd pay 35 quid for that. 35? Are you joking? Yeah. What uh, do you reckon? No, I, so the feel of that, uh, it feels quite cheap. I think it's probably about 15, 14 99 But you always go the same price every no, week. No, I don't. I'll just add 99p to it. What would you think? 
um, well, it probably has a strong battery and everything else. And it's pretty cool that it has the 90 games. Yeah. And I kind of like the idea that the young people today would get to experience those kinds of things instead of, you know, just watching the films on the iPad all the time. Okay. So maybe I would say 20 quid, but no more than that. 20 quid. Yeah. Okay. Do you know how much, Danny? I know how much. Harry, do you know how much? Um, I reckon it's a bit more. I reckon it's about forty pounds. Oh, he knows then. Okay. Yeah. Go. What did I say? I've forgotten what I said already. You said five hundred pounds. Oh, Thirty-five, didn't uh-huh. I? So I say sorry. So, Danny, give us the stats. Come on mm. in. So, firstly, we thought that this would be really good for kids because we're all traveling away, or a lot of us are traveling away in the summer. Blah blah blah. Yep. This is going to be ideal for my little boy on the plane. Yep. Um, so I would pay pretty much anything to have to him quiet. Him on the <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, what we did pay. What for you want to do, see? What you want to do is pay for a separate flight. Yeah, for them. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't say we're going to the same place. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we paid forty nine ninety five for that. Okay. Um, obviously, I was quite impressed that you can put it onto a monitor to tell it. How much? Forty nine ninety five. All those games on it. You can put it on the television. I think. I think. And retro is back in in the game world. Yeah. So yeah. So the big decision we have to make: does it? Uh, does it rock or, or are you going to shove it back in the box oh. I'm going to start I think it rocks I think it played exactly yeah. as the TV game played in the 90s I think it's great Mikhail me too it rocks yeah I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed by build quality it feels a little bit flimsy if you did have your kid you know your child having it it'd be dropped and smashed in no time um, so despite the amount of games that's on there I'm saying back in the box it was built in 1992 to be fair was it? What? Yeah. What the guy? That actual yeah. thing. So yeah. they've just brought it out again. Yeah, I think they've put some new software on it because obviously you can download the games online. Right. Okay. That was built in '92. Is this yours that you got for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> so Harry, would you have one? Um, yeah, absolutely. It rocks. Yeah. Danny definitely rocks. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely so other rocks. than old Grumpy in the corner here, really? it's a definite, definite. It rocks. Yeah. Seems like it. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Right, we are going to go to a pre-record, I think. Yeah. Uh, yes, we do. Yep. Yeah, we are. Um, it's Sorry, Game I've got Sharif confused. From yeah, Game Sharif Bench. from Game Bench. Yep, after this brief break. So, I'm, I'm here with Sharif and Shri, and we're going to talk a lot about Android devices. Now, Dan's a lovely fan of Android. He loves it. He loves games on his Android phone. I don't. Android devices and running games on there, you do get particular problems with fragmentation, don't you? You get loads. Well, historically, Android has suffered from this. And that's why I think a lot of people have just stuck with iPhone over the years. They've just had this sense of comfort that they get a new game, they get a new app, it will work out of the box and pretty well, and they'll stick with it. And Android's had this reputation for being a bit more of a wild west, that you take a risk, the app might have the same icon as it does on your, your, your buddy's iPhone, but it behaves totally different, and it might even crash or run slowly or burn your battery. That is beginning to change, though. In fact, just over the last... So we've been in business for, for three, years three, three years. And just in that time that we've been in business, we found that the, the, the people that make Android phones and Android chips, the, the chips that power the phones, they, they're completely aware of this issue. And they've been investing in trying to fix it. And that's where we've been helping out, too. That's what our tool, what GameBench does. It's about helping people to try and solve these problems, especially in an Android, which has suffered more. But we see, the great thing is we can see it getting better. And now, for example, the first year, I would say that 
I can genuinely say that if you're an Android owner, you own a good Android phone, and if you download a good game, a well-made game like uh, Super Mario Run, which is now on iOS and Android, you're going to get a very good experience on both. As long as you've got a, like an iPhone 7, for example, and a Galaxy S7, you're going to get a good experience. And what's more, for the first time ever, there are some advantages to being on Android, namely, for example, power consumption. You will actually, you may find that you can play longer on an Android phone because they often pack in bitter, bigger batteries, uh, for example, than you can on a, an iPhone, especially an older iPhone like iPhone 6. And GameBench is all about finding out what is going to give you, what phone is going to give you the best gaming experience, and equally what game is going to give you the best experience for the phone that you have. So tell us, tell us a little bit more about GameBench and exactly what it does and how you developed it. Um, so a bit of history here about GameBench. Both myself, Shri, and my co-founder, Karthik, we used to work for a company, a small company called Arm up in Cambridge. Uh, we obviously, when we worked at Arm, we saw chips going into every single phone in the, um, in, in the world. Um, we saw a problem that, um, especially with Android, that was a massive amount of fragmentation. And uh, whether it was a game developer or an app developer or even phone makers, they couldn't understand the performance of these devices on real applications. Um, and there was no tool out there which would actually give them an objective view of what was happening on a phone. So uh, Karthik and I decided to invent GameBench. Um, it's, it's a tool that works on both Android and iOS now. And essentially, it is the most objective way of looking at the performance of a mobile device when you're running a real application. For instance, if you're running a game, you, as a user, want to know how smoothly it works on a device, whether it's a Samsung S7 or the iPhone 7 or a major device from China. But there were no, no tools out there to um, help, to help you get a view of how good the device is for that application. But now, at least for the past two years, GameBench has sort of broken all those barriers with a tool that now is being used by some of the biggest phone makers um, in the world. Uh, it's being used by a lot of the bigger gaming studios, app developers, to really understand the performance of their applications and the competitors' applications on these devices. So does it sit behind? Is it already preloaded on devices? Is that as far as you've got now? Or do, do people download it as an app? Now, that is where we um, are slightly disruptive. We don't need SDKs. We don't need code. We don't need instrumentation. We don't need to jailbreak the phone. We just have an application that works out of the box. The way it works is you um, either download an Android app or use a desktop application where you connect your iOS or Android device into the desktop app, and it gives you all these metrics just out of the box. Um, whether you are the developer of that app or if you are a competitor, you can get all these performance metrics right away. So it can't have been easy to um, to build a you know, platform that, that can analyze both Android and iOS. People said it would be impossible because iOS has traditionally been a walled gar garden where Apple well, frankly, deliberately hides things from developers. So, for example, historically, Apple has hidden from developers a true uh, reflection of how much power the app uses. So you would have thought, though, if, 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 you, if you're building a platform like iOS, that you would want developers to really know in milliwatts or milliamps what is the power cost of their app and try and reduce it uh, of their, you know, to, for the sake of their users. Apple has traditionally hidden that, giving you a scale of like 1 to 20. So if it's 20, you're really burning a lot. But if it's 1, but no one really understands that scale. Like, how do you, how, if it's, you know, what does it mean? On Android, you, you've, it's been much easier. You can get milliamps and it's scientific and it's open, it's transparent, even if that sometimes reveals a weakness of the system, which is, I think, why Apple has traditionally hidden this. It could expose a weakness in, in, their, in, their, in their, they're supposed to be perfect. They're supposed to be the best in the world. So they can't expose too much about it. But we've had to break through that barrier. Many people said it wouldn't be possible but we have a very uh, talented team of engineers and they have found a way to do this and uh, we've man managed to maintain this uh, cross-platform for two years now and we're still going solid we're used by major game studios 
major chip makers, major, major hardware, uh, major device manufacturers like Samsung, you know, are using us to do this, and it's going very well. I mean, there seems to be a huge amount of technology goes into making additional battery power, additional battery capability, plug-in batteries, you know, uh, uh, chargers that run from wind, solar, or whatever. But actually, they really haven't spent much time coming the other way which is actually stop your phone using so much power in the first place and i have to say some of the apple apps you get it's shocking the How amount of they uh, go down, yeah. Yeah. i think um a few years ago battery um, drain was not that big an issue i think people were still getting used to having a smartphone and they were quite excited that they have a smartphone in their hands now the smartphone is commodity people are starting to understand the finer aspects of owning a smartphone um, how quickly does it drain your battery can i play candy crush for 10 hours a day can i use my camera for five hours and all these barriers are now sort of being raised because i mean these big companies have invested a lot of time in getting these phones out but what we call is optimization you have to optimize your performance and you have to optimize your battery consumption um, and we allow you to actually with gamebench get a view of both sides almost like an apples to apples comparison between Apple and Android. So you can now see that if you are running Candy Crush or Super Mario Run on the S7 Edge and also running it on iPhone 7, what exactly is happening on both these phones? And as a user, you can now make a choice if you are a game enthusiast. You can choose which phone to buy based on the data we publish. And we do quite a bit of that starting a few months ago. Yeah. And the data is pretty interesting. It reveals a lot of differences that you wouldn't expect. For example, if you've got a movie on Netflix, you probably, so a lot of people are subscribed to Netflix and Amazon Instant Video, right? You can watch the same movie or the same TV, TV series on both. Well, which app will let you watch on the plane or on the train for longer? That, that should be the one you watch the movie through. But which device is best? If you just watch Netflix, should you buy an iPhone 7 or um, a Galaxy S8, the new phone? Which one will give the... But the crazy thing is that we've revealed is often the differences aren't what you'd expect. For example, if you've got Skype logged in on your phone, that has a bigger impact on how much you can watch Netflix than which phone you own. Skype kills batteries just by sitting in the background. You're be the best thing you can do is say battery log out of Skype if you're logged in right now. And revealing this a lack of optimization has been one of the big, big sort of exciting things we've been able to do with GameBench. I mean, it sounds... You buy a washing machine, it's got a power consumption rating on it, isn't it? And actually, you get advice all day long about, you know, saving energy in the home. But I actually haven't seen anything that says, this is how you can make... I'm on a 12-hour flight, what should I actually remove, keep going, have sitting sure, in the back? You went into a shop recently. Exactly to, to, you didn't need a phone. You, th yeah. you went in out of curiosity into a phone shop. I can't oh, remember so which one it was. I, I do these things once in a while. Um, <laughs> so I went, in, went into one of the um, stores here in Croydon, and I very naively asked them, you know what, I'm looking for a new phone. Which one should I buy? And they said, oh, well, you could buy an iPhone 7 or you can buy the Galaxy 7. I said which one should I buy? She said, no, you know what? iPhone 7 is the best phone in the market. I think you should get that. I said, but based on what? And he said, you know what? It's good for everything. You know, you want to play games, it's just for everything. I said, do you have any evidence to show me that or if I buy... An, or an A+, no. like on the dishwasher? You know, yeah. something real. Yeah. And I said, but did you even ask me what I do with my phone? I don't play games. I don't watch videos. So you're selling me something that I want you to use. I mean, you're selling me a, a BMW and I just really want a Kia. So this doesn't make sense. And to me, I think the lack of data to show you truly what's good and what's bad is actually hurting the whole market and consumers. And we, even though we have a very technology, technology slant to ourselves in terms of helping developers and chip makers, we have a new sort of data platform coming out that you can log into and you can see which phones are best for gaming, 
for Facebook, for Instagram, for streaming, like for Spotify. Streaming, yeah. If you listen to music a lot, that should dictate your, the right phone purchase. So you should be able to log into somewhere and say, right, I'm a Spotify user. How do the top most popular, five most popular phones compare in terms of giving me great Spotify? Yeah. And that should, be, that should solve your question much better than someone just giving you a random recommendation in a shop. I agree. I mean, I think it's a fantastic product. Having looked as well a little bit at the website, um, it's certainly something I'm going to pay. I've just got a new iPhone 7. I, didn't, I, just, I just literally just got it I, for no reason. I, 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 six months before the iPhone 8 comes out. Yeah, that's a bit odd. Why did I do that? But anyway, um, great. Where can we get more information? We c- uh, you can get more information on www.gamebench.net. Um, you can also reach out to us directly. Uh, we are also on social media, um, at GameBench on Twitter. Uh, we have a Facebook page too, so we have plenty of channels through which you can get to us. If you have a game or if you have an app and you're just interested to know what is the power consumption of it and how much does it stress a new device and how well does it run on a new phone like the GSA, if you get in touch with, with just with no commitment, no just, just out of the sheer curiosity value of it, we'll help you figure all of that out. Thanks, guys. It's been great to speak to you. Thanks very much. Thank you. You're welcome. No, that was really interesting, that that stuff, Dan, actually, we talked about, because it was about making sure that you know how much battery your device is mm. using for any given application. Yeah, and it's, it's quite interesting what they're saying about yeah. how, how different apps, but how, how other um, different um, operating systems that can... Can um, absolutely drain batteries, whereas others, you know, do you find that with your phone? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, my worst one is Google Maps. It okay, absolutely yeah. destroys your battery. Yeah, like disable location from, from all of them. And yeah, try to, to make it last that bit longer. Yeah. But actually, the 3310, what you need is a basic Nokia 3310. Exactly. Because it lasts on standby for something like 30 days, I think. Mm. So anyway, so we're <laughs> going to talk a little bit more about marketing mm-hmm. and about how your product helps uh, retailers. So tell us, tell us about some of the improvements that we can expect or they could expect from... Uh, plugging in your your software so um, as I said the benefits are very big especially for the advertisers as we said we're a b2b um, um, product yeah so as we said this our product gives um, our customers the ability to tap into a new audience that never had access to before Mm -hmm. because if you were buying the shirts then then you would never know about the store selling the ties so there is actually, it's an, and also the, that audience is 100% verified and qualified. And, and when I say it's verified and qualified, that means that we actually examine who the customer base is. So we would only show ads based on affinity and, okay. and, and previous yeah, association and Yeah, an yeah. association and always make sure that, that it's relevant to what they're viewing. And we provide just an amazing customer experience to, to your to the e-commerce store client just because they can do a one-click checkout they, and they're already logged in, they're already registered. They can obviously choose if they, if they want to opt in to newsletters or mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, and this just increased loyalty, bread equity, and, you know, increases trust. Um, and, and, I mean, the company's been going for how long? So the company's been established at mid-2013, uh, but okay. actually launched with the product at the beginning of 2014. And there's, there's two or three founders? There are three founders. Okay. Um, it's actually their background is pretty interesting. So um, two of them are Italian, Fabrizio Fantini and Andrea Tricoli. And they're actually ex-McKinsey consultants. Okay. Um, both of them, I mean, they're Harvard and uh, Columbia graduates, uh, respectively. And they joined up with uh, CTO Mark Smith, 
who has is a complete tech wizard. Like this guy he has 17 years or even more of like tech experience with startups and everything else. So all those brilliant lads just you know decided to you know join up together and give and actually built a brand new online shopping experience that could be as welcoming as shopping in a physical store. Yeah. Mm. So they started as like a part-time hobby during their McKinsey, you know, day job and they gained just you know really quick and, and awesome momentum and enthusiasm so they started you know just to go for it and it's like i think it's an amazing example of you know how people can actually you know quit their day job and go pursue yeah. something they believe in mm. yeah that's yeah. no, great yeah and, and so how long have you been working for the company so i've been with them um one year right now okay yeah so i'm, I'm Really happy there, and it's um, it's I'm doing the or the marketing and the PR aspect of the company. Okay, so um, we have lots of companies come on the show, lots of startups as well, actually. What are some of the basic marketing mistakes that you see some of the retailers make? You know, what can you think of that would perhaps help them really improve what they do or actually increase sales? So what I think is. I mean, it has utmost importance is customer service. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, a lot of people underestimate how important that is. I mean, they, they put a lot of effort on, on attracting, you know, the new leads and actually, you know, getting more clients in. So, and actually yeah. the focus should be on maintain, also maintaining the, uh, the actual customers that you have today. Mm. And that's actually the key, you know, yeah. to, uh, for success. Let's say for us, we right now we have... Um, over 200 merchants of online stores on our network and you know and and we and we keep nurturing them as well as pursuing new new customers so yeah and that's true isn't it because it's not that that's what a, a real store rather than a virtual store has benefit over yeah. online and i think you see a lot of big companies make that so i'm thinking phone companies and things like that where they'll they'll Get, or even you know insurance companies where they'll give new new customers a preferential rate yeah. over their existing customers, and yeah. that's really annoying. It is very annoying. Yeah. The other thing I find really annoying is the chat box keep coming up every time I go on oh, some. No. Do, do you find that? I know it's so. Annoying. I don't want to chat. I'm, I'm online shopping. I don't want to chat to anybody else. But go to a shop. And it's, it's, it's spooky, and it's also, I mean, actually Google now with the intrusive uh, ba uh, pop-up ban that they're going to have, they're actually going to lower the rank for all the, the online stores that have those intrusive mm. pop-ups, such right. as the chat or anything else. So we're, uh, hopefully we'll be seeing less of them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it is a particularly annoying thing. Yeah. So we've got uh, Harry and Danny have come back in. So let's just finish off by talking a little bit about where people... One is how does it work? So a retailer will need their own online store. Yes. So And then they can use your software to plug into that to assist. Yeah, exactly. Um, as I said, um, we, can, we can connect any two online platforms. So yep. merchants don't have to be on the same platform. And today, you know, is if you want to build your own e-commerce store, you can go to a lot of providers, mm -hmm. a lot of platforms that can easily help you do that, such as WooCommerce or Magento. So we can just plug them. We can just plug them in with yeah. a plug and play with those yeah, big sure. platforms, and then for any other platform, we they can just you know hook Integrate it up with it. our APIs. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And where do people get more information about your company? Well, they just go to buyexpressly.com, and we're always happy to help. Excellent. Yeah. Well, it's been lovely to have you on the show. Thank, Thank you. you. I think we're just going to finish off with a couple more news stories. 
Harry, what have you got? Yeah, we are. I mean, sticking with the theme of unboxing earlier, where we obviously had a bit of retro. I think we've discussed it on the show a bit before, but we now have a firm release date for the Nokia 3310. Well, we were just talking about that. And the best thing about the Nokia 3310 is... Battery life. Battery life, and Uh it's probably got snake on it. Yeah. It must have snake on it. It's got snake on it. Is it? Yep, Yep. and it's coming out um, next week, seven days' time. I might get one. It'd be great as a pub phone. But well, I was thinking, Good is it going to be one of well. like obviously it's coming back and everyone's talking about it and like hip hip hooray. But is anyone actually going to buy it? Because is, mm-hmm. is it which yeah. one of you two's got the iPhone Seven? Oh, is it? oh, it's one that's got an iPhone Seven. Have they? Is it's it, one in the dark ages with some Android Steam driven thing. <laughs> <Dan>. <laughs> I think you'll find mine's perfectly adequate. Thank you. Well, I actually think a thirty-three ten would be a perfect phone to take. Where you don't mind losing it. Yep. So festival, holidays, holiday. Yeah. So do you think it actually take off? Probably not. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were they were dying to death, weren't they, Nokia, a few years ago? And this is sort of their. But they're solution. not making it, are they? Somebody else is making it under Ooh, license. Well, I, I, think. I think it's uh, what I understand is it's uh, it's a group of engineers who worked for um, Nokia previously, and yeah. they've leased the name for ten years. Okay, so yeah, they've taken well, a license on it. It's got a good demographic as well. For so you, for for all the for all the sort of grand, my grandparents and things like that, I think I'd buy it for the price. I think it's about what forty five pound is coming out at fifty. Yeah. You know, it. I think I think it's durable. You, you know, the battery life is good in it. I think it'd be you uh, get a torch. Buy. You get a, you get a torch with I it. I think there was a torch on it, wasn't there? Uh, the original one. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. It, it's going to came with sure. a bottle opener. A bottle <laughs> opener. <laughs> you Just, really love it. It's a festival you? phone. <laughs> it really is everything you want. Yeah. The only thing you can't do is get you back to your tent. That's the only thing. If it had like a homing device where you're at a festival, slightly the worse for wear. The perfect phone. The perfect phone. (laughs) You can torch light your way back to your tent, but. I'm with you. Can it find your tent for you? No. Maybe we could create an app for it though. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe you put it, yeah. Next thing. Yeah. On the flip side though, you mentioned that that one's sort of one that you could break, you could lose iPhone 8, leak design shows all glass. The whole thing will be glass. That's just going to be a nightmare, isn't it? If I had that phone, it would probably last about an hour. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's about £100. I, I broke the screen on mine before, and it was about £100 to fix in some places. That's yeah. just crazy. So if you've got the whole thing being glass, that's going to be double that. Yeah, what's that then? And also, what will the iPhone 8 be? I bet it's going to be over the £1,000 mark. Probably. Probably. Do you reckon? Like but they always keep their prices. I don't think it's going to be much more. Well, no. then again, but they, they normally do a release. Then two years later, they have the, the updated version. So they've gone against the grain on that if it, they're, they're taking it or if it's coming out this year. It's only one year ago the iPhone yeah, 7 came out. So. Yeah, I know. And I bought one. And I should have yeah, waited. Me too. Good. Yeah. yeah, I'm gutted. So <laughs> I should have waited. As long yeah. as you've got enough money to replace it when, well, you, yeah, when exactly. you break it. If you're going for Apple, you're generally happy with being overcharged for things, aren't you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn. Do you reckon? Was it a couple of weeks ago we had the Apple Watch? Yeah. Didn't like that, did you? That was a load of rubbish. Yeah. It was rubbish. It wasn't very good. Why wouldn't you just have a Fitbit? <laughs> no, for a fraction of the cost. Yeah. Yeah. Would you? I mean, it doesn't I, have... I wouldn't. But um, it seems cool. Some people are happy with mm. it. Yeah. It's sleek. Yeah. Mm. You, you buy it for how it looks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think smartwatches will get better. But the, the latest the latest iteration, so the, the iWatch 2 and the Android Wear 2, where they've got the NFC chip so you can do the Android or Apple Pay... You know, it's really useful, I think. Me and Harry were also wondering after the unboxing today what your first computer was that you purchased. Dan, we were really keen to find out what yours was. (laughs) 
Um, ZX Spectrum 48 <laughs> with rubber keys. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? I don't even know what it was called. Yours is a calculator, Steve. <laughs> Abacus. <laughs> no, it was a compact. Compact. Okay. A tower, you know, where mm. you had it under the desk. Yeah. With a massive great monitor that took up most of the table. Because they, mm. they weren't the, flat. In yeah, the places. CRTs, yeah. 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 The boxes. Yeah, like yeah. a huge box. Yeah. What was yours, Harry? Yours was the PlayStation 3, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Mine was a PlayStation 1. Oh, <laughs> you know? yeah. But my dad had a Sega, so that was the first one I played on. But then the PlayStation Love 1 was it. the first one I bought. Love a Sega. Lovely. Right, so thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great to have you along, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you for having I me. Mean, it's been great. And uh, guys, thanks for a great show. Mm. And more again next week. See you next See week. You See you next week.